the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on trying till I reach my highest Life in Colorado. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm your host, Maria Oliver, and today we're going to give you information that you need. It's going to seem a little overwhelming, but this matters. We're talking about cybersecurity, and we're not talking about hacking from satellites. We're not talking about the dark web. We're talking about the everyday exposure as far as cyber protection, uh, protecting your personal information, protecting your banking information, protecting your personal location information. And considering how obsessed we are with social media and the constant tweeting and Instagramming and, and checking in, to get a better understanding, let's hear from a quote-unquote white hat hacker. Most of us assume that we understand how someone else's information gets compromised. Someone clicked on a phishing link from a stranger. Someone had the password, one, two, three, four. Or someone was just really feeling connected to that Nigerian prince, right? (laughs) There are a lot of other assumptions that we make about cybersecurity, and they're dangerous. We assume that we are not important enough, rich enough, are naive enough to fall prey to a phishing attack. Here's the uncomfortable truth. We are. You see, we live in a world that moves so quickly, we are scrolling emails on our phones while juggling through the tasks. We are not paying attention to the things we should pay attention to. We got ourselves an official, a certified financial planner. Her name is Madison Carter, and she's going to give us some basic, down-to-earth, common-sense protocols that you can put in place to protect yourself. Hello, Madison. Thanks so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. What is cybersecurity? I know it seems like this little gray zone where maybe there's some Russians colluding in the background, but it's a bit more basic than that, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it's actually quite basic. Cybersecurity is essentially just protecting your own personal information and security when you interact through the internet. So that can be anything from communication through social media to online purchases um, to just emailing people, which is something most of us do every day. As a certified financial planner, how did you get involved or affiliated with, with cybersecurity? How did that become important to you? So cybersecurity is something that um, myself and my firm take very seriously considering we 
have our clients' very personal information um, on their accounts, and that's something that we interact with them on a daily basis, and we need to make sure that that is protected. They also interact with their accounts through email and through their online access portal, so it's even more important to us to make sure that all of their personal information is extra protected when it comes to to cybersecurity. Now, has there been an increase in definitely with the technology, definitely no think people have stepped up their game, but is cybersecurity something that the average individual person should even be concerned with day to day? It absolutely is. Um, last year in 2017, cybercrimes actually impacted more than 143 Americans. So it's, it's something that it, anyone can be vulnerable to. So it's something that we need to be aware of at any point. Um, We're using our email and our phones and social media every day. And so it's something that impacts everyone. Now you say impacts everyone, like like what kinds of things are happening? I remember like if you lost your checkbook, then, you know, you had to cancel it and kind of go on with your existence. I don't even know if people even use checks anymore, do they? Yeah, Richard said they don't use checks anymore. (laughs) So it can be it can be something simple um, from someone getting your credit card information and fraudulently using your credit card, which oftentimes nowadays our credit card companies are very good at monitoring that, helping notify us of fraud. But certainly they don't detect it always. So you know, just checking your credit card statements, your bank statements regularly, making sure there's no unusual activity. But it can be as serious as actual identity theft. And having your identity stolen, your social security number, your credit used for someone essentially acting as if they were you, um, that can impact your credit score. Um, They can run up debt in your name um, that you are then held accountable for, and you have to go fight that and basically prove that, that that was all fraudulent activity. So it can be very basic from from just impacting um, small things to very serious uh, in actually having your identity stolen. What's the worst case of, of cybersecurity fraud? I guess is that what we call it cybersecurity fraud? Is that um, so well cyber crimes cyber or crimes. or fraud through cybersecurity being breached. Okay. What's the worst cybercrime that you've seen or experienced? Um, so personally I've actually had um, a couple of family members, um, both both my mother and father were um, victims of cybersecurity. Um, in my mother's case, fortunately, she caught it pretty early on and, and was able to have that off at the past. Um, in my father's case, luckily, it was detected through various financial institutions being very sensitive to this type of fraud and, and monitoring the activity in the way that they should. But um, someone actually hijacked his phone number, email, got into his computer and um, copied his signature Hmm. so that they could write LOAs, um, letters of authorization for different financial transactions. Again, none of those went through, thankfully, because the financial institutions were were doing their job in monitoring this. But um, and, And unfortunately, in going to the police, they basically said, you know, good luck in tracking these individuals down because they're hidden behind so many layers of, of Internet that often people that do commit these crimes, you know, luckily in this case, there was no money lost. But 
um, it's it's often very hard to track them down um, and almost impossible in some cases. So really having those preventative methods in place prior to um, any financial loss or loss of personal information is, is very important. And that's a good point because, of course, keep in mind if someone steals your purse, there's someone who walks up to you, you see them, someone else sees them, they snatch your purse and run away. So, so you have a lot of different physical and tangible elements, the description of the suspect, the description of your bag, when it happened, where it happened. But with cybercrime, what, what can you do with it? There's just so many intangibles. You know, the best best case, really, when it comes to cybercrime is preventing it from happening in the first place. Because after the fact, um, you know, certainly if it's a case where someone has used your social security number and it's impacting things on your credit score, there are a variety of different things that you can do after the fact to go to the credit bureau and you know, make sure that you file a report that this is fraudulent activity, this is not actually you that's that's doing these things. So there's a way to kind of clean it up. But like I said before, if it's actually a case of financial fraud where someone has been able to steal money from you through a cybercrime, other than, you know, filing a report and, and hopefully having some retribution through the financial institution or credit card company, it's almost impossible to track down the individual or individuals that that committed the crime and and to actually get the things back from them because like you said before it's not something that happened in person you don't have a description of the person and there's often no way to track them because of how good they are at at hiding their location um, when it comes to the ways that they feed through your data on the internet when you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Let's talk about prevention. It seems like prevention's the the only really cure that we have. I, I'm really bad about this. I, I don't have time really to go into a store and shop, so I do do a lot of online shopping. How can people protect themselves as they're going through the silly season and, and doing all their holiday shopping? Absolutely. So there's certainly nothing wrong with online shopping. There are very secure ways to do your holiday shopping online. You just want to make sure that you're smart about how you're doing it. So, again, going back before to what I said, just being careful about what type of personal information is listed on the Internet and easily accessible Making sure that, you know, often when we shop from a specific store, we create a user account with that store. So being careful to create different usernames and passwords for the various sites, which can seem a little bit overwhelming because then you think, how can I remember all of that? But you can keep a list of those, you know, often somewhere that's not online, maybe just on paper in a safe place where you can keep track of what your username and passwords are. All sites always have a way to securely reset your password if you happen to forget it. Um, and then when you go to check out, oftentimes you'll be offered a way to check out just through the store's online site or mm -hmm. through another more well-known secure pay site, such as PayPal is probably one of the most common ones. Um, and that's a there's extra security that PayPal uses to protect your personal financial information. So if you're given an option like that when checking out for your online purchase, 
I often recommend that you use a secure service such as that. And then after you've completed the purchase, make sure to log out of your account um, through that store. Um, and then, you know, kind of finally, when it comes to holiday season online purchases, if there's a way for you to use one credit card when making all of those purchases, just to limit your exposure in that way, if anything does occur, or if that credit card gets compromised, it's limited to one card rather than a couple of cards that you might have used for a variety of purchases. You, you mentioned that certain sites are secure and certain are, are a little bit more secure. How would the average uh, internet user determine the level of security that the individual site that they're on has or doesn't have? So for the most part, all online sites and stores do have kind of a basic layer of security to protect your personal information. Um, unfortunately, those that commit cyber crimes are often adept at breaking through those layers of security. And so, so that's why it's beneficial to use um, another reputable third-party pay service that that is known to have those extra security measures um, and is often off offered as a second pay option through the site. Um, another way to know that is um, there's something called multi-factor identification or, or authentication on a site where you might have noticed that some sites when you set up your online access, you're also then given the option or opportunity to set up some additional security questions that you might have to answer before you log on when you're logging on from an unknown device. So that's another way to know if there's a, a second layer of security through a site is if they give you that option to have to answer other questions to log into that site when you're using a, a device that's unknown or sometimes it comes in the form of having to enter a passcode that they might send to um, an email or a phone number that you have set up on your account. So those are, those are some ways to know that there's an additional level of security if you have the option to answer some security questions or enter a security code when you log on from an unknown device. Now what about if you're at a Starbucks? How can you protect yourself in a cyber way, in a public environment. Yeah, so, you know, oftentimes when we're at a Starbucks or another coffee shop, there is a public Wi-Fi that's available for you to log on to. Um, those do have a basic level of security, but they are they're not incredibly secure networks because they're public networks that anyone that's at that location can log on to. And unfortunately, when we're on that public internet, then it opens us up more to someone committing a cyber crime because they can essentially access um, information that they might not otherwise be able to access by way of being logged on to that same public internet. So one way to protect yourself in that instance is most of us with our smartphones now actually have the option to create our own internet hotspot. Um, and it's, it's something you can do in the setup on your phone, you can actually turn on your own personal hotspot, and all that a hotspot is is essentially a Wi-Fi network that you can connect to, but it's your own personal Wi-Fi network that's provided by the cellular service on your phone, and you're given a very long, complicated password that you enter to log on to it, so when that's on, you'll be the only one on that network. There's no one else that can log on to that network unless you were to provide them the information to do so. 
So when you're in a public situation like that, especially if you're going to be logging on to do work or log on to other sites where some of your personal information might be, if you can avoid doing that on a public network, that's even better. That includes the library. I know I go to the library quite a bit to, to be online. Is that not secure either? Again, there's kind of a basic level of security with the public Wi-Fi networks, especially if it's one that you have to enter a password to join. Um, but just by way of being connected to a public network, it is less secure than being connected to, say, your private network at home or a virtual private network from your from a hotspot on your phone. So, so certainly it would there is a level of security, but being connected to a public network like that, even if you have to enter a password to join it, does open you up more so than being connected to a private network. So don't use any public services or public systems. Hmm, interesting. That's more so in the case, you know, certainly avoiding them altogether would mm-hmm. be a huge preventative mechanism, but more so if you're going to be logging into anything where personal information might be accessible. Um, but unfortunately, they they do have ways, um, those that commit cyber crimes have ways to log into your device if they get access to it and kind of get into other sites and apps that you may not even be accessing that might just be open on the phone or computer. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to LowerYourHBP.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So obviously this has been sort of a, an evolution as far as cyber protections because, of course, cybercrime, what, 20, 30 years ago was not a factor at all in any way, shape, or form. So, And I know that, that individuals who, who conduct cybercrimes are really smart and very persistent. So, I mean, what can we do to stay three steps ahead of these, like, basically genius-level criminals? Absolutely. So a few things that are can, can seem kind of tedious but that are very important in what we were talking about before, just prevention and protecting yourself. Um, one thing is to be very leery of unsolicited emails or text messages. I know we've all probably received an, an email or a text message from someone that we didn't know asking us to click on a link or to fill out a survey or some such thing. Um, be very leery of those. Don't open attachments. Don't click on links from an unknown party. Um, you know, especially if it's asking for any personal information, be very sure that you know who that email was from before entering any of that. Um, like I said before, 
try not to reuse the same username and password across all of the different websites that you log into and various apps that you log into um, because if you're using the same one and somehow someone figures out that username and password, they can then access all of your various logins. Make sure that all of the software updates and hardware updates are up to date on your computer and phone because they're constantly putting out new security measures, as you said, as as cybercrime has evolved, as they're getting smarter and smarter, you know, so are, so too are the people that are protecting against cybercrimes. So they're constantly putting out updates for your computer, for your phone, that have additional layers of security. So make sure that you're taking advantage of those updates. And then make sure you are careful with how much personal informa- information you're sharing through the Internet, through social media. Make sure to control your privacy metrics on your various apps, social media that you use. Don't let all of your personal information be available to the public. There are different privacy settings in in the control settings on those apps where you can actually go in and control that. Okay. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Carter. Uh, It sounds like there's a a lot to take in, but with things being so modern, we definitely do want people to utilize, you know, the internet and and things to make their lives easier. But what do you say to individuals who are a a little bit, you know, leery of modern technology, cyber theft, but at the same time, they need to balance out the possibility of doing something new and doing something a little more convenient? There's absolutely nothing wrong with using the internet with um, doing online shopping, whether it's for the holidays or just in general, um, with accessing your financial information through the secure websites that your financial institutions provide, there there are a lot of conveniences there. You just want to make sure that you're taking those steps to protect yourself um, and in utilizing those secure internet networks, secure sites, the security updates that are provided, and and that can really help to protect you so that your day-to-day online activity can go on unhindered and really offer you those conveniences that the Internet is there to provide. Thank you so much for your time. We have been speaking with Madison Carter. She is a certified financial planner, and she's been speaking with us about cybersecurity. Thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Carter. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
That does it for our show this week. Next week, we'll be spotlighting Alzheimer's. November is Alzheimer's and Caregiver Awareness Month. So that being said, be sure to come back with us. Richard Robertson is the show producer. I'm Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado. 